Hey guys, and welcome to a brand new episode of Nerds Talk Movies. My name is Taylor. I'm going to be your host today. And joining me is none other than Drew Garrison. Drew, how you feeling? I was a little tired, but then I remembered, oh, this is the day we get to finish our Marvel list. And I was like, I'm excited. This is awesome. Got all my energy back. I'm very excited. We're in the end game now. <laughs> I see what you did there. We're in the, our top ten of just a very convoluted way to do the list, but hopefully it was pretty entertaining. Oh, so it's, far. oh, it's entertaining, especially with our other host. You know, Ooh. the arbiter of culture, the tastemaker, the menace to haters, Tristan Benz. How you doing, man? I am a menace to haters. I also am both a menace and a hater individually, so that's, you know, an appropriate, an appropriate name. Drew, dare I say, after that introduction, I'm doing marvelously. Oh. Also, I do like you know that. how hard it was for me to be quiet when, when uh, Taylor said we're in the endgame now? <laughs> <laughs> I thank you for being quiet and allowing me to introduce you, my friend. Well, you know, it's good. It's good that the public knows that I have a, a public speaker. You know, my, this is, Drew's my White House press secretary. Uh, he is the the sub uh, the sub arbiter of culture. I thought you were um, gonna go with the other guy who was introducing Thanos and randomly got killed off and like. Yeah, I was trying to think of his name. Actually, he's like my he's Drew's like my royal vizier. Oh, I like you that. Know. Yeah, as long as I'm not Jafar. No, you're not Jafar. Awesome. I mean, then again, Jafar did almost end up taking over Agrabah. So yeah, he did, but he's also kind of a bitch. Yeah, I don't know. He's less of a bitch than the Sultan. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's that's for our Disney rankings. But what we're going to be doing here today is going into our last installment of nearly every MCU movie and series ranked. If you haven't listened to part one, you can find a link to it in the description of this very episode. I can't stress this enough. We highly recommend going to check out that episode first because, well, we're doing this a bit different and it is a little, what some would say, convoluted. But if you want to be weird and listen to part two first, here's the gist. We're putting together one big list ranking 40 MCU movies and TV shows. The Marvel Netflix shows, One Shots, and the I Am Group miniseries were not included on our board because their canon status is either muddy or because they weren't long enough to justify putting them on a on our boards like this. We started with the worst MCU project, which ended up being What If, and worked our way through to number 11, which was Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We basically treated the list like a sports fantasy draft. Tristan had the first pick, Drew had the second, and I went last. And we continued through until we got to our top 10. To counter out some of our more irrational biases or picks we personally didn't agree with, we each had three vetoes to spend throughout the entire draft. If something was vetoed, the person on the clock simply just had to pick something else. Tristan has one veto left. I also have one veto left. Drew still has two vetoes remaining. And finally, we're not too worried about this draft format anymore because once we get to our top four, or ditching that format and simply having a discussion to figure out what should go where. So let's get started. We're in our top 10. Tristan, do you mind listing off what is left on our draft board? And when you're done, go ahead and tell us what the 
tenth best MCU movie or series is. Gotcha. Okay, so what we have left on our draft board is Doctor Strange, Spider-Man Homecoming, Black Panther, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Spider-Man Far From Home, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man No Way Home, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. And I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes to what's number 10 on our list, your boys popping down a fat... Let me do the math on this. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Actually, no, wait, no. Black Panther. Black Panther's number 10. Forgot huh. it was lower on my uh, list. Yeah, Black Panther's number 10. Under Doctor Strange. That's actually surprising from you. Yeah. I really enjoy Doctor Strange. I kind of like the idea of Wakanda Forever and Black Panther also being side by side. We did this last week with both Ant-Man movies, and that felt appropriate as well. I'm kind of fine with this. Drew, are you good with this? I'm good with this. You got two vetoes. So you're good? I'm good. So, Tristan, why are you going... Give us your spiel on Black Panther. Um, I feel like I've talked about this before, especially on the Wakanda Forever uh, retrospect... Or not retrospect, but spoiler cast. Um, In general, I prefer Wakanda Forever. Um to the first Black Panther, I was initially torn whether or not uh, I would put Black Panther or Iron Man in that, what was it, number 12 or number 13? Although Black Panther ranks higher overall on my personal scale, I was just really debating whether or not I could have it above or underneath uh, Wakanda Forever on our official rankings, but, you know, I had to... I had to had to go with what my list says, you know, even though it pains me and doesn't uh, necessarily agree with this farce of a list that I don't necessarily agree with either, but I digress. Um, I mean, it's it's obviously a good movie, like, not taking away from, you know, the production behind it, the cast, the crew, obviously Ryan Coogler did a, a top-notch job, but there's just a few, like, not necessarily issues with it, but just things that don't personally hit with me. Um, largely just because my attachment, or should I say my idea of Black Panther from the comics, um, feels like in this movie, he barely gets to be a main character. It uses, I feel like it uses him as a stepping stone to introduce us to the world of Wakanda, which is great, but like, it seems that Wakanda largely steals the show from the Black Panther character, as does, uh, you know, Killmonger, and it spends a lot of time setting up the rest of the cast. But then, even in Wakanda Forever, the rest of the cast, their performances are super heightened and elevated, obviously for, you know, tragic reasons. Uh, uh, but it feels like even in the sequel, Black Panther himself, uh, you know, T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman, they have more of an impact on the story when they're not in it than they actually do in, in this one. And also, I just think, you know, Namor's better than uh, Killmonger. Namor's better than most characters in the MCU. I'm just going to put that yeah. out there. So um, on your personal list, you actually had this flip-flopped. On my personal list, uh, Black Panther's like... Let me do the math. One, two, three, four, four. 22. Hmm. Wow. I didn't like this movie as much as the rest of society. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther Public Perception is considered to be one of the best Marvel movies. Uh, Tristan just talked about it as well. It's not as high up on his personal rankings. I find this movie to be similar. You talked about like how T'Challa's overlooked. 
and I think about the Dark Knight, and that's what it kind of reminds me of in a bit, mm-hmm. like because Batman is kind of overlooked in his own movie in there as well, with Heath Ledger. You got what's going on with Harvey Dent. Jim Gordon gets involved with a lot of stuff there too. And at the end of the day, it kind of does feel like Bruce Wayne just has that thing going on with Rachel, and that's pretty much it. And for Black Panther, it's more so T'Challa's just dealing with the ramifications of what his father did. And that's just... It's interesting, but I agree with you. I do think he's overlooked in his own movie, despite some great performances from everybody, Michael B. Jordan being at the top of the list for me. I think it's a damn good movie. Third Act really is where I think it falls apart a little bit. Yeah, and Third Act's acts mid, and this should not have... I'm I'm just going to... I don't necessarily think this is a hot take, but I'm just going to say this should not have been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Like, I don't know what y'all were smoking at the, at now, the Academy. if I remember correctly, I know <laughs> special effects and the Marvel franchise, we've been... There's been stories about that over the past year or so. But I think back in 2018, wasn't the story with it is the team had to move on to Infinity War? And they didn't really have the time to completely finish Black Panther? It sounds about right. It shows. Yeah, it shows. If not, it kind of looks like that. Because the third act, you have the rhinos, which still depressed me to this day. (laughs) You have this one off the last fight between Killmonger and T'Challa, which is, eh. It's just mid. So, it's mid. Yeah. It's so hard to really tell what's even going on in that scene as well. So, yeah, I think that's the worst part about the movie is the third act. Drew, what about you? I agree with everything you guys said. I feel like uh, T'Challa as a character, especially coming off of Civil War, like he's less of a tactical genius than he is in the uh, in the story and everything. And as a comics fan, T'Challa is basically like, batman but with an awesome supersonic metal super vibrating metal like technically two of them if you're he's he's let's put it this way he's frequently referred to as the most dangerous man alive yep now, that's not a vibe you get in this movie and you get in civil war dislike, yeah well as much as i was about to get there like as much as i dislike civil war which i talked about last week i kind of <laughs> throw out a pitch going like yeah this movie i don't know why it gets so much love especially compared to something like bvs that has the same issues but one thing I, I mean, love hey, about it from from your Black lips Panther. to God's ears, man. <laughs> like, Black Panther in that movie is so damn cool, and you, uh, Drew, you compared him a little bit to Batman there. Uh, that's the vibe I got, especially at the end of the movie where he's like, "Nope, I'm not gonna kill you. You deserve to be rotting in a prison cell. I'm gonna take you there. The living are not done with you yet. Oh, that's such hard a good as fuck. Mm-hmm. Hard as fuck. And some of that does feel like it just gets a little lost." And translation going from that to Black Panther, so that's unfortunate, man. But still, a damn good movie. I say all these things like the third act and the world of Wakanda, the villain, the things. I don't want to say the themes, but necessarily just the way the story goes and how much it seems to impact, like not only the world that of the MCU, but just Wakanda itself. It's very interesting, man. I agree. Like I said, the world building in this is fantastic. Like, and it's still a, a solid movie. I'm not taking anything away from that. It's just, you know, I didn't love it as much as everybody else did, even when it came out. Well, let's go ahead and move on to number nine. Drew, it is your pick. What is the ninth best MCU movie or series? I'm going to put Spider-Man Far From Home. 
I'm going to go with this. Even though, personally, I have Far From Home above Homecoming, it got into the top ten, which is where I personally would rank it. I have are, no issues with that. Aren't all three Spider-Man movies in the top ten? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not gonna veto this. I can live with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's Same. like... It's like, I like all the Spider-Man movies. I think Far From Home, for me, is the weakest, though. Because I like how it depicts uh, Spidey and some of his problems and everything. But um, the thing I think fully put this one at the bottom for me is that it still doesn't put Peter... Like, this still feels like it's a holdoff of Iron Man's villain, not Peter's own villain. So, like, this whole thing, like, Homecoming was, like, Peter coming into his own as his own superhero. Then he was, ironically, his goal of trying to be an Avenger, he was capable of doing that once he did that in Homecoming. And then Far From Home is kind of like, eh, it's kind of like taking that away because it's still not Peter's villain that he's facing. It's just some guy Iron Man pissed off and he's just a douche. But other than that, I really do love this movie. It's like, I can't really say much bad much bad stuff about it it's like i do like this yeah i think that's a criticism though of the first two villains in the spidey trilogy so far is that vulture and mysterio the links to tony stark i think they go a little too far with it with both of them and not having that at least like i think you mentioned this that vulture does have that link to peter at some point yeah but Mysterio, it just, it does feel like, yeah, he's an asshole. He does eventually get that link with Peter because he's mentoring him throughout the movie. But there's something about it that's still a bit of a disconnect. Like like you mentioned, he's just more pissed off at Tony than anything. That yeah. Peter's just a byproduct of that. So, yeah, I get you. Still a damn good movie. I know that this isn't the most popular Spider-Man movie out there. It's just, I think I talked about this last week when I think I vetoed it. <laughs> I think you were going to pick it earlier. But, uh, yeah, man, I love Mysterio in this movie. I think it has a lot of great fight scenes. The parts with Spider-Man and Mysterio. The special effects there. The Scarecrow from Arkham Asylum stuff there was awesome. The final fight was great. Plus, it was Spider-Man doing it all on his own finally, which was awesome. And just... For it to be the end, the definite end of the Spider-Man, Iron Man stuff. Great job, MCU, because I'm glad you didn't go back to it. Because that's what I was kind of scared of. See, see, I was hoping that we get get it more because, like, okay, so, hot hot take here. I was actually excited to see a different take on With Great Power Comes Great Responsibility with Peter. And him possibly like, getting access to um, Tony's, like, laboratory and everything and maybe, like, getting Stark funds and stuff because we have, like, two different movie trilogies where Peter is like, oh, I'm struggling financially, I am, like, making the great making the greater sacrifice and it, like, puts my, puts my life down and everything. And I get it, like, you want your classic Spidey story, he's the everyman and everything, but the fact is, is that I've probably consumed so much Spider-Man media that an interesting different take for me of peter having having his own science lab being possibly the next iron man and build up to be an avenger but then he might have to make decisions that are like not the best like not the best but is a more of oh i have my great power is now this company that i help run or something it's like i was honestly excited for that 
So to get it all restarted was kind of sad for me, but it's like, I get it. I'm not going to hold it against anything. It's like, that's the classic Spidey stuff, but... You want that Parker Industries shit. Yeah, the Parker Industries... See, I think Parker Industries was one of the things that um, all knew all different Marvel in the comics kind of squandered because it seemed like everyone hated him the moment he got money. And it's like, you guys loved him when he was poor as shit. What the hell is with the Swift Law? Yeah, I also think we can still get to that, but it would be a different way than just what I think. Don't get me wrong. In hindsight, you look back at the trilogy. I stand by the, the Spider-Man MCU trilogy is one of the best, arguably if not the best in the MCU so far. And when you look at how no way home ends up and it ends up being an origin story for Spider-Man, the entire trilogy, awesome shit. Now with that all being said, clear as day, that was not Sony's intent. Sony's intent was exactly what Drew was saying with let's make him the protege to Iron Man. Uh, let's do a lot of th- different things. And it was a lot of, okay, let's listen to feedback. All right, let's change this. Let's change this. And it just worked out the best way possible in terms of public perception. So I get you for wanting a different take. I just think even coming from somebody who really did enjoy the dynamic, which I can't wait to hear Tristan because he's on the other side of the fence with it. it. But, uh, as somebody who really enjoyed it, the part in Endgame where Tony hugs him and everything, awesome scene, great. I do feel like it was time to move forward. If Spider-Man was going to ever grow up and move on, this movie was it. And I'm glad they really just hammered it home. Like, alright, this is it. We're done with it after this. So, great movie. It's weird how we talked about Tony Stark the entire time with Far From Home. You know, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. But Tristan, what are your thoughts on Far From Home and I guess everything Drew said? I also have Far From Home higher than Homecoming on my list. It's also in my top ten. I I also like the Parker Industries stuff in the comics, uh, Drew, but I just, Taylor, as you hinted, I've never been a fan of the Spider-Man, Iron Man dynamic in this. The whole concept of, oh, sure, maybe this great powers, this company he's responsible for. Like, you're right, that is an interesting dynamic. But the fact that it would have come from Tony, like, that he wouldn't have earned it himself, it bugs me. And sure, he didn't earn it himself in the comics. You know, that was, excuse me, with Dr. Octopus, you know, piloting his brain but there is still that that tangible like connection that no it's parker industries and even though it was someone else you know running uh running it from the ground up and and founding it using peter as a facade there is a certain aspect of it where it to the general public it was always peter's and you know doc ock did use some of peter's technology it was mostly you know dr octopus you know, using his inventions to make Peter famous, which is why then Peter got his, uh, you know, doctorate revoked or, or whatever. Um, but I don't know. Just the concept of Peter inheriting Stark Industries just bugs the shit out of me, pun intended. That being said, um, I really enjoyed everyone's performances, though, especially Jake Gyllenhaal's. We will get to number eight, though, which I think this is going to sadden Tristan, but I feel like I got to do it. Doctor Strange. I mean, no, that's about where I would. That's okay. about where I had it on my list. I mean, added at number this, uh, seven, as had it above um, Homecoming. So this is the lowest thing on my list. I actually held off on it a few times just because, honestly, 
I, I didn't want you guys to waste the veto. I knew I could have. This was the bottom of your list. Vetoed. It wasn't at the bottom of my list. It was at number 20, I think it's 26 or 27, one of the two. It was pretty low on there. But the one thing that not only I thought, like, I don't want you guys to waste the veto on it. I'll be, I'll be a good co-host here, a good friend. I'm not going to do it. And also, the ending to this movie is so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite endings in the MCU overall because it just it shows a lot of character growth from Steven. And unfortunately, Drew pointed this out with Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I do think he just goes through the same story in Multiverse of Madness. It's a little weird. But at the ending of Doctor Strange 1 is so good. There's a lot of really good visuals in this movie. It's arguably the best visual, visually pleasing MCU movie out there. Benedict Cumberbatch does a fantastic job. Uh, his accent is a little weird, but I kind of dig it. He sounds sometime. like House, man. He sounds like House. Yeah. yeah, I dig it, man. I know some people have a problem with it, but overall, man, damn good movie. is just, I thought that Mads Mikkelsen is far too un- underutilized. Bro, he's wasted his fuck in this. Mm-hmm. That's and the biggest flaw just, of this movie. Yeah, and there's just, there's a lot of things about it that just, as a, like, a story and interesting, compelling narrative... I don't think it has it as much. So that's why it's rated as low as it is on my list. But we're in the top 10. I want to talk about the good. Like I said, Cumberbatch, Benedict Wong as Wong is fantastic. And the ending to this movie is one of my favorites. What do you guys think? Can I just say that I I miss this Wong from this movie? The one that that was You had the weirdest love-hate relationship with Wong. It's been a multi- What's Wong with you, Drew? What's what's Wong with me is that Wong is Wong. (laughs) I can't wait till we get the Wong special presentation on Disney Plus and we can talk all about this. <laughs> but getting away from your opinions on Wong that you've talked about several times before. Yes. What about Doctor like, Strange, the movie itself? It's like I love the uh, the use of visuals in the mirror dimension. I like the uh, explanation for magic that it's a power that comes from the multiverse and it's kind of like science, but at the same time, it's its own thing. It's like that's re- that's pretty cool, and like Strange's arc itself is, oh, it's just Chef's kiss, and just the fact that they use his arc so well to put him in, to put him in that time loop for the ending against Dormammu, and he doesn't beat Dormammu in his first outing. It's like that. That is honestly Dormammu. A- I've come to bargain. <laughs> yes, the meme. <laughs> But yeah, it's just this is this is honestly just a great movie. Again, the only thing is that uh our is that uh Kaecilius, like is kind of underutilized as a villain and it's like you get it, he's sort of just a dark mirror of what kind of, of what Strange is in his um relation with time and his ego and stuff. But uh still but it's like I'm not really mad at it because everything else is just done so well that Kaecilius being a bit lower and bland it's like not gonna really hold it against it it's like i I just love everything else so much that having one bland thing doesn't take it down for me tristan a closing thoughts i really enjoy dr strange uh for the first you know two acts it's you know just a standard marvel movie but i really think it is that third act that puts it in the top 10 for me i really appreciate how 
it doesn't just devolve into that thing we always talk about where it's like, oh, just fighting the villain with the exact same power. Just no, he actually finds a clever and creative way to beat the primary threat. Um, I love the cast. I love Benedict Cumberbatch as old Dr. Stevie Strange. Um, I love the visuals. Not necessarily crazy about uh, Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One, but... You know, that's more of a whitewashing issue than a performance thing. Um, but no, I mean, I, I really love this movie. Well, getting into number seven, Tristan, what you got? Let me see where this is comparatively. I guess I'm trying to see where I have things listed compared to... I guess here is where I would put Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um... Uh, veto. Actually, you know what? Actually, no. You know what? Looking at what is also on the list, I enjoy Guardians 2 more than Guardians 1. I should have put Guardians 1 okay, at number well, 10. This is going to be funny. In retrospect. <laughs> veto. Okay. Well, it sounds to me like you guys just don't know. Uh, really loves the Guardians franchise. Don't know I mean, apparently. The Guardians franchise is pretty cool, so. Yeah. Oh, I guess uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, then. I'm That's actually... Fair. Yeah, I'm actually very okay with that because I feel like it should be pretty close to Far From Home. So, why Homecoming? Because you guys vetoed Guardians well, of the point. Other than the vetoes, why would Homecoming be? Here? I mean, I think it's still a, a pretty... It's a damn good movie. It's one of the best in the MCU. It's Spider-Man's MCU origin without actually having to give us his origin that everybody and their mom knows. Uh, the performance is just solid. I personally think it's lower on my personal list than Far From Home because it's got too much Iron Man for my liking. I'm not crazy about the whole, you know, Tony Stark, Peter Parker dynamic, but I appreciate the, you know, the performance that Tom Holland gives. And I just think it's a, a good a good leg to stand on when you're getting Spider-Man started in this, this pre-established universe. Yeah, I gotta agree with uh, Tristan on most counts. I do hold Homecoming above uh, uh, Far From Home just because, like, I've already I've already explained. Like, I feel like it's just a it's kind of weaker to me. I like uh, Homecoming more because it is the uh, fine. It is like the um, establishment of Peter in this pre-established universe of superpowers and stuff. So him being connected to Tony, uh, it's still kind of a holdover from Civil War and stuff. So uh, I understand the limitations that they were go going through. And honestly, I still like it regardless. I like the fact that um, he had his own homemade suit before uh, Tony decided to flare it up with his own, with his own look and everything. Because that's kind of Tony in a nutshell. He's like, okay, I'm going to make this look cooler. He does. I think he does that with nearly all the Avengers costumes, uh, with a few exceptions. But uh, yeah, I do admit, I do admit, like the Vulture is tied more to Tony until it's like Peter finally figures out who the Vulture is and everything. And I like that. Um, I like that it comes at a moment where you think Peter's getting his life to life together and everything, because it's like I did not expect it until the dance or something like that where Peter would uh where Peter would figure out who the vulture was and everything. But um, that little abruptness to Peter, you can feel how abrupt the change is for him and how tense it is for him. It's just, it's really, it's really nice. And it really cemented uh, my love for Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Like Civil War started it. Homecoming cemented it. Oh, also like 
the the moment of Spidey picking up all that concrete off of himself is like it's like classic classic Spidey moment that's oh, that was awesome. Flair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was awesome. It's one of my favorite moments from the movie. Uh, yeah, man, I think Michael Keaton does a spectacular job, pun intended, as the Vulture. Uh, Tom Holland yet again impresses coming off of the performance from Civil War, which is a lot of, it was a lot of comedy in that one, which I think is, I think that was smart, especially the role that you gave him, is to give him the more, like, all right, throw him in there, have him set up as, like, yeah, the Spider-Man quips, just like uh, Garfield's, we're not going the McGuire route. And I thought that was kind of smart, even though Civil War has issues with too much comedy, but that's for another day. That's for last week, really. But Spider-Man Homecoming had a lot of really good things going for it. I do like how it was a lot of Tom Holland, Spider-Man having to kind of grow up a little bit from wanting to be an Avenger to learning, like, you know what? I'm a kid. I got stuff to do that's not... The little guy needs help too, basically, is the moral of the story for him. And I really like that art for him. And rejecting the idea of joining the Avengers. And now, rejecting that ugly-ass Iron Spider suit. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> I put that out there. I'm not to cut you off. That thing's suit? ugly as fuck. I hate it. Do you remember when Infinity War was coming out and everybody saw the Iron Spider suit? I think initially everybody was like, oh, fuck, that oh, looks awesome. God. But I do... No, I saw that shit and went, oh! It's ugly. Years later, it feels like it has gotten reversed. So it's like, you know what? In hindsight, we could have done a lot better. It was never. It was never cool. <laughs> yeah, it, I. They tried to overly design it, and honestly, if you're gonna make the Iron Spider suit, especially something Iron created, suit. just make yeah, the Iron Spider suit. Just make it the red and gold one. Just do especially it. since like Tony it does make it for him to be an Avenger. It's like it. It would fit with his personality. Like Tony's personality, not Pete's. It would also be red and gold like an Iron Man suit. Yeah. Kind of makes sense, too. But, yeah, even with all that out of the way, though, like I said, great villain. That moment you were talking about, Drew, with Michael Keaton and it's Vulture in the car, the green light coming on for just the light bulb above his head, basically, of, oh, shit, this guy's Spider-Man. He's so fucking intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> you're just sitting there on the couch watching a movie, and you're like, "This man might kill my family." We're just hearing it. I will. Like, I, I will say him. though, at that bit when he's like, he parks him at the dance, and he like turns around, and like, "I'll kill you and your whole family and all that." Like it's a very, like you said, very intimidating, very cool scene. And sure, I guess it's like, it's the thing that people talk about with Man of Steel when he snaps out. And it's like, well, what really is he gonna do? Like if he doesn't kill him, like. Sure, realistically, if Peter had just tried to stop him right there, he could have been like, hey, this kid's Spider-Man. But it's very funny to watch this man with no powers who only has a gun turn around and threaten Spider-Man. But it's like, he, Peter could just crush your wrist and your skull right now if he wanted to. Like, yeah. and honestly, you can't really do anything in this confined quarters with him. Like, that's he's one of the people you don't want to be up, up close to. And honestly, I think his he, uh, how it should have ended, also mentioned, like, he has a gun, so Peter could have played it Yeah, it could have been like, hey, this adult, this grown man pulled a gun on me. I think it was also because you just mentioned, Contras, and, like, I think the movie was going for, he's 15. Yeah. He's a kid. Yeah, he's a kid. to a 60-year-old Vulture. And that dynamic there's, I think it's really relying on the audience feeling like this teenager is in danger. Yeah, he's in over And you forgetting... 
a bit that he is superpowers and stuff like that, which I think it does a really good job thanks to Michael Keaton. I <laughs> especially. agree. But yeah. it is something when you're walking out of the movie, you're like, yeah, that was really cool. I'm not, I'm not going to put it against the movie, but it, he could have stopped him there. But yeah, man, great fucking movie all around. And I'm going to be curious to see how this first trilogy, uh, potentially two trilogies, it seems like that second Tom Holland trilogy is coming along. It's fucking better. Point. But it's <laughs> going to be interesting to see how that first trilogy is remembered. Because all three movies made our top ten. And we'll see how high No Way Home goes. But before we get to that, Drew, what is number six for you? Is it No Way Home, potentially? It's not. I actually hmm. wanted to put <sighs> Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Mm. Tristan has one veto left. I don't have a veto. I can't use any more. So we're done. I'm not sure how we're going to handle vetoes once we get to the top four, by the way. We'll figure it out in our discussion. See, I just... I don't like the idea of Captain America Winter Soldier going below Guardians of the Galaxy. See... Because Guardians of the Galaxy, here's the thing. We were talking about how Thor Ragnarok set us on the path to the Love and Thunder. I'll be honest. I enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy. It set us on the path to Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, but Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 actually has emotional moments and stakes. That's true. Yeah. But right. still, but still, it said it started us down that road. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. I was saying that not as a shot to Ragnarok. I know these two. No, it's a shot to Ragnarok. Ragnarok. That's, to me, know. it was a shot to Love and Thunder. I actually quite enjoy Ragnarok. We'll get to our personal list later on in the show, hopefully. But, uh, yeah. What are you gonna, are you going to veto this, Tristan? This will be your last one, I believe. Uh, Drew held on to two. I don't know why he held on to two. He's yeah, I don't know why he held on to either. Uh, fuck. Do I want to use my veto? I am going to... Let me see. What else do we have on the fucking... It's like, I could put volume one if you want me to and let you save your veto if you want. It's like, don't, I like don't the Guardian. Me. Don't do not do that. Don't play with me. <laughs> That's not pity. <laughs> Jeez. I have my pride. <laughs> Tristan's like, I have that and that the most successful Nerds Top Movies episode of the year. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is it's not you pitting me, it's you realizing you were wrong. And, Tristan, and I think here's Winter your here's your dilemma. Mm-hmm. What's my dilemma, Taylor? You can either veto this mm-hmm. and you'll leave it up to me mm-hmm. on this last pick. Well, and that's maybe, the thing, it's that I don't Drew, trust you. Maybe Drew vetoes my last pick. I don't. Tr- I don't think, think Drew's going to use any of his vetoes because he's just—he's <laughs> just a wild card here. He's just, you know. So that's that's the real dilemma, though. Do you trust me more, or do you trust Drew more? The whole thing—I don't—I don't trust either of you—is the issue here. That's where. Honestly, Tristan, I feel freaking hurt that you don't trust me. We've been friends since you. How long? You just put Winter Soldier below both of the Guardians of the Galaxy films. How am I supposed to trust that? Well, because Guardians of the Galaxy two, and I'm putting it to over Guardians of the Galaxy two is a fucking masterpiece, and I will hear. I mean, yes, it is, it. but Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is cool, and I love and I love it. But, you're saying Winter Soldier's not a top five MCU movie. That is what you're saying to me. With your whole chest. Me. This is the last... <laughs> the, that's actually a good point, by the way. This is the last thing. Whatever doesn't get in here doesn't get into the top five. This is number yeah. six. So I yeah, think that is interesting to look at as well. That's but, why uh, I'm getting hung up on this. 
am, am I gonna am I gonna use my veto to ensure that this movie that by all intents purposes could honestly be in the top three, depending on who you ask. You know, not necessarily me, but I've heard it. I've heard some people mm-hmm. put it in the top three. I'm, do I have to fight for it just to earn top five, but then risk a movie that should be number one I'll not tell you being this. number one? I'll tell you this, Tristan. I uh-huh. agree with you. So if it gets into our final discussion, then I will also be discussing putting Winter Soldier high up there as well. I don't even need it to be high up there, honestly, because it is number, let me see. On my list, it's number four. And I can you, be fine with it being number me. five. If, if you veto it, I'm not picking Winter Soldier. Five. Okay, then I'll then I'll veto it because that this is a top five movie. So veto, Drew, veto in your ass for the veto. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. See, this is what you did to me, Tristan. I hope you're happy. I'm very happy. Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Honestly, this is where the space stuff with Marvel really took off. And as for the Marvel comics becoming like a sort of more grounded, but still sort of fantastical space thing. This is honestly really, really good. Not to mention that it is surprisingly more character focused than I thought this movie was going to be. Now, I was a semi Guardians fan uh, for the comics and everything. And I was honestly a little pissed that they sort of took away some of the lineup. Like I really like Adam Warlock as part of the as part of the Guardians just because he is like a wild card in any of the stories he's in. Adam Warlock fucks y'all. Yeah. Look forward to Guardians three. <laughs> oh yeah, this this is gonna be awesome. But I really do gotta say that this movie, it's like initially it was not one of my top tens. Like it was it was good, but it wasn't one of my top tens. Then you got Volume Two, and the reason why Volume One is so good for me is because. Volume 1 and Volume 2 do feel so connected. Feels like it is the evolution of the characters that I really it elevated Volume 1 for me. So, I just got to say that. Also, the little quirks that they gave some of the characters like Drax being like this guy who just cannot get uh cannot get um metaphors or anything. That's was more funny than I thought. And I like the Not a big fan of the sources either. Apparently not, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I do like a lot of this movie. I like that this is technically our first true uh view of Thanos. It's like before we just got his uh smile and Get everything. A little, he little was cheeky grin. Yeah, that cheeky grin. He was silent and everything. But here, it's like, oh no, this is the Conqueror and everything. He's still sitting in that chair, but it's like this is the Conqueror and everything. And we got uh the guy who is the Mad Titan, the one everyone's afraid of, and just like getting. Some background of them through Gamora and Nebula is pretty interesting, too. I like this movie. I don't think there's a spot I really dislike in this entire movie, because it's just, it's freaking amazing. And I think it's the perfect culmination of Marvel comedy. I'd say that number six is an appropriate spot for this film. I'd like to echo everything Drew said. Um, Although I will say, after diving into a lot of the comics that this was based on, the Abnett and Landing run, um, prior to the game coming out, I gotta say, you know, it's it's not to the extent that I feel it with Ragnarok, but I'm like, damn, they, they turned a lot of these characters a little jokier than Tristan would have liked. Mainly Star-Lord and Drax. Yeah. 
Because it's like, in the comic, Star-Lord, more like a grizzled veteran. You know, this, they made him more, I mean, they just turned him into Chris Pratt. Uh, but that being said, it's it's still a damn solid movie, like, stem to stern. The cast does great. The jokes still hit for me. Um, the visuals are, are top tier. It's a waste of Ronan the Accuser and Lee Pace of Ronan as, uh, I mean, of Lee Pace as Ronan. Uh, just did not really do we'll anything with him. What kind of that? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it's still it's still a it's a good movie, and I mean, hey, come on, it made like Groot and Rocket Raccoon household names, so you got to give it props for that. So this is the reason we have vetoes, and unfortunately, I am out of vetoes. So it is what it is. I uh, this is a movie that I have an irrational bias towards. This is. Spoilers, number one on my personal rankings. If I were to ever do a Tristan Top 52 list, guaranteeing Guardians ends up number one or number two. That's how much I love this movie. Like, it is near perfect. The only flaw is exactly what Tristan said. I do think Ronan is either... I don't want to say... Underutilized, I guess, is the best Yeah, term I'd say it. underutilized. Well, even his characterization is yeah. just kind of one note. It's like, this isn't, not that, like... Which would be fine, but they didn't really do anything with him. Like, if Yeah, it's not even, like, villain, an entertaining one note. It's just, he's just, yeah. mm. He just, like, has his jaw sticking out the whole time, like, hmm. Yeah, yeah, but he's still fine in this movie, but when you look back at it, and you're like, cast, awesome. Comedy, awesome. The dynamics between the Guardians, amazing. The visual's great. And the one thing that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb is like, yeah, Ronan was fine. Like, Ronan's there, you know? Yeah, he's not bad. He's not in the worst three, worst five Marvel villains. But, he, but he's like towards said, the bottom just, of the list, I will He's say. towards the bottom of the list. He's there that just, you look at him and you're like, yeah, he was present for that. Yeah, film. he was He was a, he was a, a force in the movie. He, he and in, drove some of the plot. And yeah. in Guardians 2, I do feel like Kurt Russell playing Ego, and that villain was a lot better. Oh, bro. Kurt Russell eats his fucking lunch, bro. Yeah. I don't say, like, Ego as a villain is near the top of the list. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's Kurt Russell. Come on. But for Guardians 1, like, I also, like I said, I have a personal attachment to it, and uh, as somebody, I lost my mother due to cancer a few years back, and re-watching that movie again, it just, it kind of hit me harder than I thought it would mm-hmm. and so i don't know man i think i just have this personal attachment to it i remember going to the theater to see it thinking this was going to be a bad experience because i just I you had it filled up with a bunch of young kids including myself and i'm like oh yeah this is just gonna be people talking through the movie that's why i hate movie theaters and instead it ended up being similar to my experience with like endgame to where it was just everybody having a great time. It felt like everybody was just in sync with each other. It was just such a great experience. And just such a great shock for this movie being good. That's the thing. Like That's you, true. You briefly no one saw it coming. You briefly yeah. mentioned the game. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Such a damn good game. Such Underrated. Good everyone should play that game. Side note. like It's a fan-fucking-tastic game. We may do a deep-dive discussion one of these days for the Guardians of the Galaxy game. All three of us. One of these days. Who knows? But that game story is spectacular. I love the characterizations, and I love the MC versions. That version may be better than the MC versions. <laughs> oh, no, that's it is. Much, I'll put it out That's there. how good they were. Yeah. So, I think it just shows, though, like, if we don't get this movie, we don't get that game. 
the comic run, it's Drew mentioned he's a fan of the comics. Comic run, from what I know, wasn't very popular. I'm curious to see what it would look right oh, now. The Guardians the comics. comics. The, the Abnett Landing run was very popular. Yeah. The, the run that this is primarily based on was super popular. It was like the older stuff from like the 80s and 90s. That was like yeah. with, uh, with the people totally that team. show up at the end of Guardians 2, like Sylvester Stallone squad. Like they were the original Guardians. Their run is just like, that was like a cult. You know, oh, whatever. But like the, the, sorry, the Abnett Landing run is like what revitalized Marvel Cosmic in, in yeah. the comics. But you know so, what? I'm, where I'm going with this? Like, if we don't get Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, I don't think it propels these characters to where they are in Marvel today. And I think it is deserving of top five, but number six, it could have been a lot worse. So I'm glad you guys think pretty highly of the movie as well. But as for number five, this is tough. I made it to the top five. I think that the movie is damn good. Marvel's The Avengers. There you go. There you go. Marvel's The Avengers, on its own, is remains a damn good movie. The impact it had in pretty much creating this MCU and creating i guess a blueprint for them to follow into let's build up a story let's build up a villain let's go with all these characters unprecedented with all the characters that we saw built up in solo movies and then we get the shot of them all together it's just it's one of the most iconic shots to me in cinema yeah damn right it is it probably has my favorite mark ruffalo performance as the hulk 100 percent not saying too much, but he actually does a fantastic It's a low bar, but there. yes. And if Mark Ruffalo goes back to that, I would really enjoy his character more. But uh, the Iron Man, Captain America stuff's great. The only thing I'm not really a big fan of in this movie, the for for starters, by the way, at the time and still, like you look back at the jokes and everything in it, yeah, I know it got too far in Phase 4, but Marvel's The Avengers, I think it all kind of works. It fits for especially the time the movie came out. So the Joss, Joss Whedon-isms that are in the movie, they're fine. Not anything that's egregious. And honestly, a lot of the jokes do land. The only thing I don't like about the movie is Captain America's suit. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you exactly what's wrong with the suit. It's the fact that his ears are covered. And his his jawline, like Chris Evans has a great jawline, but the fact that his ears are covered makes the like the top of his head look that much bigger, so it makes his jaw look smaller. If they just kept that suit, but had the type of helmet he'd had even in the first Avenger, like with the chin strap and the uncovered ears, would looked would have looked great. But what did you guys think of Marvel's The Avengers? I mean, number five is right where I have it on my list, so I cannot Same. argue with this. It's, uh, like you said, this is what really, I mean, Iron, yes, Iron Man started it all, but I think this is what really cemented the MCU as the MCU. This is where everyone saw, oh, these kinds of movies, these big team-up tent poles are possible. You know, and for better or worse, that's had an effect on, you know, not just the MCU, but, you know, cinema as a whole, and that's a whole other conversation of whether or not in the long run it's actually good for, you know, the art form. But 
this is a damn entertaining movie. The performances are, are great. The humor still holds up for the most part 10 years later, as do the majority of the effects. Really, like you said, the only major issue is Captain America suit looks a little wonky. Like, it's just a... This is a movie that you can pop on at any time without having to feel like you need to watch the rest of the MCU first. Like, it's a great yeah. just... Like, it's just a damn good movie. Yeah, 100% agree with Tristan. I think I've talked about a lot of my favorite scenes throughout my time on this podcast and everything. It's like, it's like one of the things that I told you guys was a lot of people talking about how Mark Ruffalo is kind of lame. I don't really blame Mark Ruffalo. I just blame the writing around him because they won't let him be serious and stuff and they'll just ham up his jokes, ham up his jokes. It's like, uh, it's like the first Avengers movie cemented that I was going to be excited for Mark Ruffalo as Hulk because it's like you as Hulk and Bruce Barron, it's like you saw those small moments and got those, those epic, um moments as well it's like that's the secret cap i'm always angry it's like oh so good so good and uh even the slight stuff with black widow it's like one of my favorite scenes in the entirety of the mcu is black widow interrogating loki and everything and it's like oh this is one of those badass moments and then when it and then when she sits down with clint and everything she's like oh no he he did get to me it's like i just had to keep i kept my cool but he he got DP, found some scars, and it's like, oh, that makes it even cooler. It's like, even when she was getting emotionally compromised, she still kept her cool and everything. It's like Black Widow, one of the best, one of the best uh, characters in Mar- characters in Marvel, and really deserving of her own movie. It's like this is the movie where you see her fully, like all her skill set gets to be on the table and everything, and it's 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 also good. Every character, all. S- all six of our main characters get a chance to shine in this movie. I will say Hawkeye doesn't get. Doesn't say Hawkeye doesn't get much of a chance yeah. to shine in this. He has a few great right. moments and action sequences at the end, but I mean, I know he's Hawkeye. All right, everybody listening, my two co-hosts, I know this is Hawkeye. Like this is not the Hulk. He's not going to be doing a whole lot here in terms of power set. But yeah, he does spend the majority of the movie just being Loki's lackey. Because he's under mind control, which is fine, it works. But if anybody doesn't get the full limelight, it's him. That is true. Uh, but I do, but I do admit, like, I do wish like some people would give credit. It's like Hawkeye is the one helping keep his eyes on the entire battlefield and everything, and saying, "Hey, this is coming, this is coming." It's like before Iron Man gets his satellite. I don't think anyone else can do that. So it's like he's still integral to the team. Well. Guys, listening to this, we're all idiots, and mainly me. Uh, pretty much just me. Uh, appears that we have had a fuck-up on our list, so we are now just entering our top five. And so what we're going to do is we're going to list off our top five here, and we're going to have a discussion on what should go where. What is the best MCU movie? What is number five? And all that stuff. So... Thankfully, we fucked up, but we're still figuring out how exactly. But we know we got five movies left to rank, and we might as well do that first before we do anything. So, here's what we got left available. We got Avengers Infinity War, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Spider-Man No Way Home, and Avengers Endgame. Now... I was thinking either Volume 2, The Winter Soldier, or Endgame at number 5. I'd, I'd say Volume 2. I think I think Winter Soldier's better than Volume 2. 
as much as I love Volume 2, which is higher up on my list, it's like, I can understand. It's like, like how you have an unconscious bias, Taylor, to Volume 1, I have a bias to Volume 2, specifically mm-hmm. for specifically for the fact that I was going through stuff with my family when uh, Volume 2 came out. And uh, Volume 2 reminded me why uh, I put, why you push with your family and everything. It's like, you can disagree with them you can have a lot of big fights and everything but at the end of the day it's like it's not always that you like your family but it's it's always about you loving your family so yeah which by the way in terms of james gunn projects that's one thing i've always loved about i wouldn't say every james gunn movie or series but especially it seems like since guardians of the galaxy came out has been something that's been a focus in his movies Towards, yeah, there'll be jokes, but there will be something that you can either relate to the characters or relate to something. Except for that movie, Brightburn. Yeah. Well, I don't think that was Brightburn. <laughs> Hopefully you don't remate, r- well, relate yeah. to that. Too well, much. I think he was yeah. like a producer on it, but I don't think he was the one who directed or wrote it. Yeah. So. Honestly, when Brightburn came out, I was like, well, it took them long enough. Finally, horror Superman. Let's see where this goes. So... Yeah, you know what, man? As much as I love Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I am happy putting that number 5. Um, I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 has a lot of great things going for it. Rocket and Peter's dynamic is amazing. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Rocket and Yondu, that's great as well. It does feel like Yondu goes a little bit... It works, and especially at the end with Yondu's sacrifice, it's probably the best part of the movie. But it does feel like Yondu goes from, I'm the bad guy, to, alright, now we're saving Peter, pretty quick. It's a pretty quick turnaround. It is a quick turnaround, but uh, the reason why it works for me is that one, Yondu uh, softness with Quill is called out, and he did have that in the first movie, yeah. and then he loses his crew. Then he loses his crew. It's like every... His whole entire facade basically backfires on him. It's saved by the work done in the first movie and throughout the second a bit with people calling Yondu out. I agree, 100%. There's one of the funniest parts in MCU to me, which is when uh, Rocket and Yondu are locked up and are getting Groot to go get the the little uh, mohawk thing. The fin. Yeah, and he keeps coming (laughs) back with different things. He comes back with the emblem. And he tries to put it on his head. He's talking about, like, <laughs> he wants you to wear it like a hat. It's like, uh, something about, like, he doesn't like hats. And they just had this full conversation about, like, wait, that's why you don't <laughs> like hats? It's just like, what's going on here? And they do something similar at the end with the bomb. With, uh, does anybody have any tape? I thought that was a great gag as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, man, damn good movie. It's got a great villain with Ego. Kurt Russell does a good job. It's got one of my favorite moments in the MCU. Not comedy moments, but actual moments, which is when uh, Ego is confessing everything he's done to Peter. And Peter's still under the spell. And then there's the part about, like, oh, it broke my heart to put that tumor in her. And there is no questioning. There's no anything. He just immediately just starts shooting at him. And I'm like, it's baller as fuck. It's baller as fuck. Yeah. It's like, you uh, you know what? There's nothing you can say that could just, you kill my mom. You're dead. I thought that was great. Yeah, and I also do love the co- the consistent thing of Ego being, like, key to his namesake. It's like, when he th- talks about how great Peter is, it's always a double untalk. Like, not a double talk, it's a double talk of how great he is in actuality. 
And also he sees like emotions and stuff of caring and stuff as just being like young and immature and everything when it's like the healthy processing of emotions is what the movie is um championing and it's like that it all fits in everything i it's this is such a good movie it's like a really good movie we need to talk about this movie one of these days but we gotta do guardians one first yeah most definitely but yeah man like i, I agree 100 percent everything you said uh the stuff like i mentioned with ego stuff with yondu with peter kind of coming to that realization that yeah yondu bit of a dick did protect me a lot. They, and you also see in the holiday special, like you see more of their relationship. I thought that was really nice as well. Um, the Walkman getting destroyed. That was something that kind of like, I was surprised at how much I was pissed off at that. I was like, why do I care so much about that Walkman getting destroyed? But they did a good job. The last the thing from movie. Peter's mom. They did. It's well, the they did such a good job too. throughout the first movie and making that so important to the character. That it felt like a character of itself. So it kind of felt like they killed off a character there to me. I don't know, man. That was just really cool. A lot of comedy works. Mantis doesn't get a whole lot to do. I think that's a kind of a, not really a problem. It's just, it is what it is with screen time. But thankfully we see in the holiday special, like, okay, James Gunn knew, like, we need to do something with Mantis. We need to do something with Drax. There we go. We'll give him some stuff. Yeah, uh, I think the I think Mantis's whole stuff is like the only black spot in the movie for me, cause like it's sort of like the whole playing trauma up for comedy thing, and it's like Mantis is like deeply scarred. It's like uh, I forget her actor's name. What is her actor's name? Palm Clementif, I think that's how it's pronounced, or Clementoff. It's it's Clem- it's hard okay. to pronounce. Okay, I'm gonna say Clementoff. Uh, but Clementoff, she does a really good job of just showing Mantis's entire personality through just body language like when she's around ego she's very closed off her shoulders are tense and everything but when like ego is asleep and she's just with the guardian she's way more relaxed and it just it it shows like um it it shows like how ego treated her and even like her laughing at her own pain is like a defense mechanism to just not deal with it it's like she's like she's an abuse victim and it's all there but it's like Again, a lot of her abuse is played for laughs in the in the volume two, and it's the only one that doesn't fully get like resolved and everything. And it's like I get I get it. Drax is not the best person to go to go to for like emotional support and everything, even though he's like kind of like someone who is someone you go for. He's weird in the middle. He's weird in the middle, but it's like he tries. He's just not good at it. But Tristan, yeah. what are your thoughts also, on volume two? Oh, Drew, what were you about to say? Oh, uh, I I just wanted to bring up something else, because, again, so much stuff I love in this movie. Uh, Mantis, like, um, using her empathy on Drax, and then it's, like, her it's a good breaking moment. down, and Drax, Drax is just moment. stoic. It's, like, it's just a good moment. Go ahead, Tristan. Well, yeah, this is clearly one of my favorite movies in the MCU. Um, I agree pretty much wholeheartedly with everything you guys said. The performances are fantastic. I love the soundtrack, obviously. The visuals are spectacular. Um, specifically, Kurt Russell's performance and that dynamic with uh, Chris Pratt's Star-Lord, I think, is is really, really well done. And like you mentioned, the dynamic between Rocket and Yondu, even the dynamic between um, Peter and Gamora, where they talk about that, you know, that unspoken thing. It's just... 
man, it's good stuff. And the ending, like, this has to be one of the best endings in the MCU. Like, that shit will get you in your feels ten times out of ten. Um, and, you know, I also love the tease for Adam Warlock for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I think this is... There's an argument to be made that maybe structurally Guardians 1 is a better movie, but this is definitely one of my favorite MCU movies, and I think it's it's definitely earned its spot in the, the top five, if at the very least the top ten of the MCU. Well, you look at some too, like Groot, right? And Groot in the first movie, he dies. And James Gunn has said several times that the Groot we see in Volume 2 and from there on out is not the Groot from Volume 1, it's the Sun. So I think that also, when you know that, it works a lot more too because you can kind of just see the team kind of becomes Groot surrogate parents. In a way, you see Gamora take on that role. You see Star-Lord take on the role at the end. And just, I don't know, like you get the, I know a lot of movies, the movie I'm thinking of off the top of my head is Suicide Squad in 2016, wanted to pull the, we're family now shit and it just doesn't work and you're like alright fuck off movie I you feel that in volume 2 man you can feel that like these characters they're bonded through their not only past trauma but them being friends for I believe it's two years since volume 1 and volume 2 oh no it, between volume 1 and volume 2 it's only four months four months okay no I think it's volume yeah. 2 to infinity war Oh, to volume two, two to Infinity War, that's yeah. like four years. Okay. Yeah. So I got the time a little messed up there, but still you can feel like, okay, these group of idiots, they are, you can see the bond between them. And I feel like that works so much in the MCU that we don't really see with a lot of other franchises as well. So yeah, man, damn good movie. But in terms of number four, what are you guys thinking here? I think this is where I put Captain America. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This is where I'd pop down Winter Soldier. Okay, so making the case here for Endgame. Go ahead. I I just thrown this out here because I do agree with the Winter Soldier being here. I actually have Winter Soldier below Endgame as well. But Endgame is a damn good movie. It is one of the best Avengers or best MCU movies overall. It's to me the second best Avengers movie. And I disagree with a lot of the criticisms that have come out about Endgame, I want to say about a few months after it came out. It felt like everybody loved it, and then a few months afterwards people went, yeah, but it it wasn't that good, though. Heavily disagree. One of the best MCU movies. However, it does feel like a lot of, hey, remember this, remember this, remember this, and in terms of telling an actual story with it, they don't really do that. You know what I mean? I can I can understand that. It works, but in terms of like again, like a narrative being told, Infinity War, you can see that narrative being told. Uh, it's civil or not civil war, Winter Soldier, you can see that. So that's the only lens I want to look at it through and see what you guys thought about it there before we submit Winter Soldier here. So uh, I'm gonna Tristan. Do you mind me? No, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh. Endgame is, like, just, for me personally, higher up just because, like, one, this was, like, the culmination of everything. I do think that as far as its own narrative, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, I think it it does go above uh, 
above Endgame. But as for Endgame being like the culmination of everything that we were getting, it being a little fan servicey is fine to me, especially since the fan service is more like more often than not an Endgame serves a purpose. Like going back to going back to uh project Pe- project pegasus and like seeing peggy carter and that's where cap's gonna end up then like also like going back to the original avengers stuff and that's them trying to get the cube it's like it feels it feels like it all has does have a storytelling purpose and everything and it you take it seriously i think the biggest storytelling problem for me was black widow and her death it's like it's more of a time runner thing because you can tell they wanted to do more but just didn't have the time uh, but her death is kind of sw- swift through a lot. Like it go, it goes, it goes by the uh, mourn pretty fast, and doesn't feel like everyone's gotten their full feelings out. But uh, that's more of a, it's more of a time thing. But still, as far as I'm concerned, Endgame is above Winter Soldier for me, just because like it is the culmination of everything in the MCU up to that point. Yeah, what Drew said. I mean. Structurally, I think Captain America Winter Soldier is, by and large, uh, a better film. Honestly, it's probably structurally a better movie than any of what it looks like the top three are going to be. But as for the impact it has on the MCU, yeah, Captain America Winter Soldier is huge, but in-game, and also, you know, we can just go ahead and spoil what's inevitably clearly going to be the top three, you know, Infinity War and No Way Home 2, all those represent the culmination of so much that... They have so much riding on them in terms of the universe and, you know, other universes uh, behind them that it feels impossible to not consider what they're bringing to the table and how well they did considering how much was riding on it, uh, at least in terms of putting it above uh, Winter Soldier. So I love Winter Soldier. Again, I'm probably more likely to watch Winter Soldier just on a random afternoon than, you know, either of the last two Avengers movies, but... I, I I cannot put it above uh, Endgame. Yeah, again, I just want to play devil's advocate here and uh, just mention that through like just a narrative lens because I do feel like the Winter Soldier is narratively probably the best of this bunch because even you mentioned Tristan like as an experience as the impact it had on MCU, like you kind of mentioned, like Winter Soldier has a big impact. <laughs> it puts Hydra back into play and destroys shield as Hydra being pretty much running everything, which is very interesting. And what a shock for the MCU at that time. Like he completely changed agents of shield. And, and also if I can add this, it's this movie that is the road to civil war, which is the road to infinity war, which of course leads to end game. It's like yeah. the narrative beats all set up in a pretty good way. And it was also the movie, I think, for people who didn't really gel with Steve Rogers too much. I feel like this was it. I feel like this (laughs) was the movie that probably got him back on. It was like, oh, this guy's fucking awesome. He's cool. Like, I didn't know Captain America could be cool. I thought he was just the Boy Scout. So I thought that was a really good idea for them to have him kind of go rogue there. Crossbones, even though he's not Crossbones yet in the MCU, I thought he was fine. In this movie, unfortunately, he's a character that also gets underutilized throughout the MCU. He only gets one more appearance. True, but to be fair, I mean, 
That's kind of just crossbones. <laughs> yeah, he's just yeah. there. He's the muscle. He doesn't really have. He doesn't really bring much to the table other than being a uh, being a guy with a crossbones on his face and uh, working for Hydra. Does it also feel yeah, like Robert know. Redford is a bit underutilized as well? Like, I'll be honest. It feels like Robert Redford just rolls up. Is like, yeah, what? Yeah, my kid told me to do this. Sure, I'm Robert Redford. And you're like, hell yeah, Robert yeah. Redford. Like, good for you, bro. But it feels like yeah. the, the, like the movie's really going off of, hey, you recognize this actor. He's the villain. And that's it. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, There's something about it that he's good, but I think he could have been a top-tier Marvel villain. Yeah, it, it, I, I do agree with that. But I feel like that's the MCU. Like, yeah. it t- like, the, like the MCU really takes its top talent and puts it as villains and then kills them off. Uh, it's like I'm not I'm not gonna say like their top top talent, but it's like if you count Hollywood, it's like they get like they they want the uh big names to play the villains, and then they uh, and then they'll build up someone else to be like the star and everything. Like Chadwick Boseman is like he is like I'm not he wasn't unknown in Hollywood, but he wasn't like known known. To be fair though, at least getting the big actors as the villains and killing them off that kind of makes sense because they're expensive as fuck. You're probably not gonna be able to keep yeah. Robert Redford around for <laughs> more than one movie. Very true. Point taken. Plus, you also had introductions of Sam Wilson, which I thought was really cool. I thought he was really good in this movie. Um, On your left scene is gold. Yeah, it is. The one thing, one detail I really love going back to Endgame. I never truly noticed this, but until I watched The Winter Soldier again. But Sam's job in The Winter Soldier is he's leading a therapy group. Mm. And that's what uh, Steve's doing in Endgame. Oh, that was a nice little detail. I don't know if it was intentional or just so happened to be the case, but that was a nice That's little a good detail. Point. I also he goes back that. and I noticed it was. Uh, I thought that was, I thought that was intentional to show like the connection Cap had with Sam. Yeah, it's like maybe maybe I'm reading too much into that. I wouldn't be the first time. So number four, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. We're in the top three. We're in the end game now. I think this is Endgame. I'm honestly agreeing. I think this is where Endgame goes. I mean, I personally like Endgame more than Infinity War, mm-hmm. but I'm out. Can you sell so. us? Can you sell us? Well, it's no, and it's it's what we talked about a lot earlier on this list, and in my own personal thing, it's how I you know how I need resolution. Yeah, like even yeah. though I knew at the end of Infinity War, it's like yeah, well they're all gonna come back next movie. You like, get it's the still the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's I can. Just, yeah, I can understand that for someone like for someone like you, Tristan, any and anyone really, because I do remember like when I talked with some other friends besides the uh, CBC about this. It's like some of them was like, "No, I need them to come back right now. Like, I need the I need them to come back and kick Thanos's butt and everything." And it's like it'll get, it'll come back. It's like it's a year. It's the shortest time we ever had in an Avengers movie. They're like, "I need it right now." So it's like I understand. Yeah. So and you know. Structurally, again, Infinity War, probably better than Endgame for all the reasons you said, uh, Taylor, where it's like, oh yeah, that's like, you know, just remember this, remember that, all that jazz. But, you know, I mean, hey, I finally got to hear Captain America say Avengers Assemble, so, you know, that's, yeah. a lot of that's what service. I wanted for and 10 years. You, that's the thing, like, these top three, there's a lot of fan service, but I think it's done in a way that... It's not all fan service. It's stuff that makes sense in terms of the story they're telling. It makes sense in terms of their characterizations. And 
it doesn't feel like it's so over the top that, again, that's the only thing the movie has to provide you. Is, hey, you know, this might make you happy for about five minutes, and then when you leave the theater, you'll forget. There's so many moments throughout Endgame that people will remember from Cat picking up Mjolnir to Avengers Assemble to the whole on your left thing. To even I mean, seeing... we still have memes from it to this day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like End- Endgame was not only a meme machine, but it also really did like reward you for going through the MCU with yeah. um everyone and just have and just like seeing all these emotional beats, the character growth and everything. It it really all was worth it. Even stuff Endgame. I didn't even stuff I didn't really like, like the I mentioned the Captain America Civil War comedy bits. How Hawkeye was trying to joke with Black Panther and Black Panther wasn't having it. You even have that payoff because he goes, Clint, give me the gauntlet, paying off their interaction in Civil War. I thought that was really cool. And it's a small little detail there that you don't have to have seen Civil War to enjoy that. But if you did, great. You probably picked up on it. And then we get to the end, which is the I Am Iron Man. Probably the best moment in the entire MCU <laughs> in terms of just everybody. In, I don't know about you guys, but everybody in my theater went absolutely quiet. Like you could hear a pin drop in the theater at that time. And it was packed yeah. to the gills there. So, I mean, in terms of investment, I don't think I've ever been in a theater to where the audience was that invested. I agree. Yeah. Any other things to say about Avengers Endgame? No, I mean, it's my personal number two, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's number three. Yeah. We're into our top two, which is either going to be No Way Home or Avengers Infinity War. I understand that Infinity War is probably the popular pick here, but is there any way that it could be No Way Home? See, for me... Infinity War is number one. It's number one on my list. Okay, so let's go through here. Tristan, you would say No Way Home, right? I would say No Way Home is number one. uh, Drew, you would say Infinity War. I would say Infinity War. Okay, let's play it like this. I'm actually, I'm seriously, I'm not saying this just for the content. I'm I'm actually on the fence about this. So I'm going to hear you both out, and I'll pick one from there. I think that sounds like the most fair thing to do. Uh, Drew, since I think you've had the popular choice, you go first. Okay, so Infinity War is a popular choice, but mm-hmm. it's also if you go if you go through and watch the MCU and I love I love No Way I love No Way Home. I love the cameos. I love the uh, I well I can't say I love Aunt May dying because I really I really didn't like that, but it's like as a narrative choice, it's excellent. However, in terms of Infinity War, not only was this the build-up, this was the true coming-to-end of the Infinity Saga, this thing doesn't miss a beat. Like, if you go through and watch this movie, you see what you see why everything happens as it is. It fully keeps to the characters. I don't think anyone acts out of character in this movie. It allows first-time connections with characters to feel like, wow, this is... An amazing moment. Iron Man and Doctor Strange are in the same room, and their egos are clashing, and it's amazing. You have Thor, you have Thor, and you have him losing half of Asgard after he already lost a very big number of 
Asgard, and it sets up his character perfectly for, I've lost everything, I have tunnel vision, I'm going to kill Thanos, and I'm going to make it suffer. Ultimately leading to the end decision. All the Infinity Stones that were set up before were amazing. And even the Infinity Stone for Soul, losing Gamora. In a perfect way of, oh, she thinks that Thanos doesn't care about anything. And then it's like, oh, no, this can't be. This is not love. And it's like, ah, but he does. He does. And many people were worried Thanos is going to be the generic villain. Myself included. I am a huge Thanos fan. I was so worried. Would about you say you're a Thanos? Ooh, I like that. I am a Thanos. But in it, not only is he, not only is he someone who is not just like generic evil bad guy number seventeen or whatever. He is someone who does act like that. He d- cares for Gamora. He does feel like that. He has some reason behind his actions. Heck. There was a Thanos was right thing going even after Endgame. It's like it was cr- it's crazy. Well, how- technically with Eternals, he kind of was right, but not for the reasons that he thought. <laughs> see, see, it's like we also see him and his connection with Tony and, and everything, and it's like, hey, you're not the only one cur- cursed with knowledge and everything, and of course. This is who Tony has been afraid of. This is it. This is everything his character arc and all his mistakes have been trying to avoid. It is the it is the movie for the Avengers. Every one of their characters coming into play. All their stuff. And even though and even though like No Way Home is hype, I think Infinity War is an incredible cinematic story masterpiece. You watch the you watch this, you are not disappointed at all with how it goes. Like you can mm. say like this you can say like this is a problem, but you're still not dis- but you're still not disappointed. Mm. You get to see Doctor Strange fully as the Sorcerer Supreme. You get to see him do all of his spells. You get to see Spider-Man get to interact with the Guardians and get him to be going up against Thanos and doing his vi- and doing his very best for someone who has not been an Avenger till now. You you freaking get um the Hulk being getting beat up by Thanos showing how strong he is. He doesn't overpower him, but he does outmaneuver him. It is cra- it is crazy how well they show Thanos as a ba- Thanos as a bad guy. It is crazy how the character and how the mistakes are made where Steve is refusing to sacrifice anyone. And then we have Scarlet Witch co- Scarlet Witch coming in. It's like I don't want to hurt you, Vision. And the Vision is like, you could never hurt me. And she has to kill the one she loves. And then it's ripped out from you. It meant nothing. It, all of it, all of it, story-wise, hits home and sets up, not only sets up Endgame, but it makes you realize this guy was the real deal. This guy not only was the real deal, but everything that we've gone through, even the things that we thought were safe, that the heroes would win in the end, it all got, either got subverted in the best way, or they did the expected in the most amazing way. That was a mini clash of staff right there. From I, I, say, like, I really respect it. Uh, yeah, I, there's so much about it. This is really tough because these are two of the 
obviously. But hold on, do I get to do my rebuttal? You do. I'm just getting into it. I'm I'm leading you up here. I'm teeing you up. Okay. Oh, my my rebuttal was just real simple. All right, what's your rebuttal? Willem Dafoe. Ah, fuck that! It's Willem Dafoe, though. (laughs) (laughs) Like, come on. Also, actually, I'll add I'll add another one. Matt Murdock. Yeah. Think about that. Also, another one. That final swing. It's a damn. Damn good final swing. That damn final swing. Now, the thing about Infinity War, we might as well go ahead and get our thoughts about both movies out of the way, though. But uh, Infinity War, everything Drew said, 100% right, for me at least. Like, this, there's like, so much I'm, I'm, I'm partially disappointed by it, but yeah. Really? Because I would love to hear Yeah, it's the Hulk stuff for me. The Hulk I mean, stuff. and I also don't like the Hulk stuff in Endgame, by, but by that point, it was more that uh, Bruce running around the Hulkbuster looked fucking ridiculous, and it just mm-hmm. was like, this is... it. Here's what it is. Endgame, I have had time to come to terms with how fucking ass Hulk is in that movie, which is part of why I didn't fight for it to, you know, that it was a, a better film than Infinity War, mm-hmm. but... With Infinity War, it's like, oh man, they're really teeing up for some good stuff with the Hulk next week, or not next week, next movie. So every time I watch this, it just reminds me of like disappointed, you know. Potential. They just brush it's, past the development. Yeah, it's to similar to how movie. before the Snyder Cut came out, even though I still loved BVS. After the, the Joss Whedon Justice League came out, BVS would make me sad because I'm like, man, I really enjoy this, but. God, this isn't going anywhere I like. <laughs> and that's how I feel about Hulk in this movie. Where I'm like, okay, this is alright. And then, well, I wouldn't even say it's alright when he's in the iron, uh, the Hulkbuster later. Because I'm like, ooh, that's, that CGI is, uh, it's like a little rough there, but, you know, whatever. Um, so that just leads into Endgame, which is like, oof, it's bad Hulk, but you know what? It's ass. So, there you go. At least I got fucking Cap saying Avengers Assemble. So that's all the disappointment. Well, not all, but that's the main thing that disappoints me about Infinity War. But continue what you were saying. Infinity War had so many characters to juggle. They did such a great job juggling those characters, and the action was great. The comedy is great. The stakes of it were just absolutely immense. Like I know I agree with you, Tristan, especially after seeing a more serious Hulk and being like, "I want that in MCU." Instead, we get what we have now. The beginning of Hulk getting his ass kicked and then not wanting to change back is very intriguing. But I agree with you 100% that what we get in Endgame really kind of dilutes that. So, I'm with you there. Also, just Thanos as a character, being the main character of this thing, is fantastic. I mean, here's the thing. You talk about Thanos being fantastic, and boy, does he look great. Sure. But you know what looks better? What, the Navi and Avatar The Way of Water, that's right, <laughs> I'm Avatar-pilled, boys. I saw it this weekend, I cried. Avatar The Way of Water uh, is number one on that, that, Avatar The Way of Water, number one movie of the century. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Uh, no, but I mean, I don't, you know, we're, we're splitting hairs here, like, yeah, this... It's a good movie. No Way Home is a good movie. I'm not yeah. going to argue as passionately for No Way Home as rude it is, because honestly, at this point, I'm tired and hungry, and I don't really care that much. Uh, no Way Home is the only MC movie that's on my personal favorite movies list, and as we covered on the show, that's the only real list we've ever done that matters. So, you know, yeah. So despite what I would call a horrible, horrible case, I'm going to go with No Way Home. Being the best MC, maybe. That's right. Didn't no! even need a good case. Didn't reasoning, even need a good case. I'll actually give out best. a reason for it, other than eh, 
I just think it's better. And that is because this movie was coming off the heels of Far From Home, which had one of the craziest cliffhangers next to possibly what Infinity War does with Endgame. And how they go through that is so... It's so good, man. The villains in it are so good. It's fan service, but they also feel like characters. And that's the thing, man. I talked about this with Multiverse of Madness, why I don't like that movie. They don't feel like actual characters. They feel like they're cameos or there to be like, you remember this? This movie, it goes, hey, you remember Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man? Here's what he's up to. He's going to play actual part in this movie. And he's going to get redemption from Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's going to make that movie a little bit better. Same thing with McGuire's Spider-Man. So, I'm losing my voice a little bit here. I'm sorry, but... Yeah, no way. Just getting choked up by how good this movie is. I mean, I am because Aunt May's death is so good in this movie. It's so heartbreaking that she becomes the Uncle Ben to this version of Peter Parker. I thought that was a very smart play, considering the MCU didn't really want to go down the Uncle Ben route again. Which is, you look at it now, you're like, yeah, you probably should have. But I get it. I think it's understandable that they didn't want to go through the whole great power, great responsibility thing for a third time and like what, seven, ten years? So, it's very understandable why they didn't do that, but you needed it for this reset. For them to hit the reset button on Peter Parker, have him be Spider-Man for the first time, it felt like, at the end of the movie. For it all to be a trilogy of an origin story for Spider-Man. And for him to keep the experiences that he had as an Avenger while everybody else forgot. Chef's kiss. Perfect. Well, I don't think it's that everyone forgot he was an Avenger. They just forgot Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Yeah, so I think Spider-Man true. is still considered an Avenger. Very true, but everybody forgot Peter Parker is Spider-Man or Peter Parker exists in the first place. That's so, true. Yeah. Nobody knows who he is, is my point. But he still knows who everybody else is. So there's a meaning behind it still. Like There's a way you could have done it to where everything got erased and he just started fresh. And I feel like people, people probably think this is a lot worse than what it is. But the way they went about it, I thought was great. The villains are great. Won Defoe, you mentioned it, Tristan. God, he brought it. <laughs> he just came back in like it was nothing. And, and, and honestly, did it better than he did the first time, which I he agree. didn't think was possible. He did such a good job the first time. But yeah, man. Any closing thoughts? Nah, no, he's the best. Willem Defoe. Can Spider-Man come out to play? I think you made the wrong choice, Taylor. Like, I... Like I it is a hard choice, like Willem Dafoe being there and everything. But I do, th- I do think like Infinity War is not only su- the superior movie, but I think it's like if you if you go back and you just like put a score on these mo- put a score on these movies, not only does Infinity War show um show equal showings to uh the stuff it, the stuff it, that No Way Home does, it even exceeds in a lot of other stuff. Plus. Infinity War was also a place where we got a lot of our memes that continued down the line. And No Way Home, you got some, but it's just not a lot. But Drew, let me raise you this. The power of the sun in the palm of my hand. Oh, God. Tell you what about that power of the sun. But Tristan, let me raise you this. In the palm of my hand. You're not the only one cursed with knowledge. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. That doesn't have the same cultural impact as as the power of the sun of the palm of my head. Or, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> it also fixed Jeremy Fox's Electro, and I feel like... It, oh, boy, be... did it. Boy, <laughs> did it. They had a lot of work to go there. Let's let's be real with ourselves here. 
Yeah, as much as I love the uh, Jamie Foxx Electro stuff, he is one of the ones that like messes with the canonicity and stuff. But I tell you what, the only thing that would have made this movie better if they bring back Dane DeHaan. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> okay, dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. Either Dane way, DeHaan, like, Kristen's man. right. You're splitting hairs. Like this, everything we were talking about. I think it was really just an excuse for us to get our opinions out about all the MCU up to this point. Which it was interesting to hear everybody's thoughts here and how actually different they are from each other. Like, you guys don't care for Thor Ragnarok as much as what I think considered to be a very popular movie. And for me, you guys have some movies, like Iron Man 2, ranked far higher than I would have ever put it. And it's interesting to hear your thoughts on why. That it's just, yeah, they're very entertaining. So I thought this was, even though I had some issues a partial success in terms of ranking a whole bunch of fucking movies and shows. I wish we started out with DC instead because it would have been easier <laughs> because there's just what? 10 probably in total. Uh, 11. DC EU kind of made that. Yeah. Distinction. Uh, yeah. Something like 10 or 11, but either way thought that was great. I do have one last segment before we close up shop. And that is if we shared, if uh, we have our own personal lists, you can share them now. Tristan, I know you've been dying to do this, so you want to share your personal list with everybody. Do we want to start from the bottom or do we want to start from the top? I guess start from the top, actually. All right. So number one, No Way Home. Number two, Avengers Endgame. Number three, Avengers Infinity War. Number four, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Number five, Marvel's The Avengers, number six, Spider-Man Far From Home, number seven, Doctor Strange, number eight, Spider-Man Homecoming, number nine, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, number 10, Captain America Civil War, number 11, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, number 12, Captain America The First Avenger, number 13, She-Hulk Attorney at Law, number 14, Hawkeye, (laughs) number 15, Eternals, Number 16, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now I know why you were so adamant against part one of our list. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That was the opposite of how it went. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Fuck, I lost count. Number 17, Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness. Number 18, Black Widow. Number 19, Iron Man 2. Number 20, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Number 21, Captain Marvel. Number 22, Black Panther. Number 23, Iron Man. Number 24, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number 25, The Incredible Hulk. Number 26, Avengers Age of Ultron. Number 27, Thor. Number 28, Miss Marvel. Number 29, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Number 30, Loki. Number 31, Thor the Dark World. Number 32, Iron Man 3. Number 33, God, hold on. All these sequel numbers are <laughs> starting to get me confused. I think that's uh, probably fuck. I hold on. Up. I'm still figuring out how the hell we fucked up the list here. Yeah, people. okay, so hold on. So then... Number 30, wait, number 34, was number 34 Iron Man 3? <laughs> I don't fucking know. After, below Iron Man 3, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, then below that, Werewolf by Night, below that, Thor Ragnarok, below that, Ant-Man, below that, WandaVision, below that, Moon Knight, way below that, Thor Love and Thunder, and then What Ifs <laughs> the Worst. <laughs> I agree with that hundred percent. That last part, just, you know, way I, below I, I, that, I, way below that, and then just what if just again, 
What if it was a better show? That's all I can ask. Drew, I don't think you have a full list, but you said you had a top 10. I guess share your top 10. I have a top 10, and I technically have a bottom 10 as well. Uh, so, uh, I'll do bottom 10 from... Uh, Best to worst in your bottom 10. Okay, the worst the worst in my bottom 10. So, I have Doctor Strange Mom, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant-Man, WandaVision, Iron Man 3, Captain Marvel, Thor Ragnarok, What If, Thor Love and Thunder, She-Hulk, and Eternals. Dude, (laughs) Tristan's whole... I'm thinking back to part one, and I was remembering, like... I was under attack. I was under assault. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) I was fighting for my fucking life. Considering, like, his personal rankings, and Drew and I were just like, Alright, She-Hulk, what was something else we had? Eternals (laughs) Eternals <laughs> yeah. I was like I will die before I let Thor Love and Thunder go above Eternals yeah. you better fucking kiss my ass and by the way I'm gonna let that happen. Uh, people listening if you're still listening this far we'll post the actual list in the description of this episode of what our draft list was not our personal we're just listing those off now and my personal list I had number one Guardians of the Galaxy number two Spider-Man No Way Home number three Avengers Infinity War Number four, Iron Man. Number five, Avengers Endgame. Number six, Guardians 2. Number seven, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Number eight, The uh, the Avengers 1. Number nine, Black Panther. Number 10, Thor Ragnarok. Number 11, Spider-Man Far From Home. Number 12, The First Avenger. Number 13, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Number 14, Thor. Number 15, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number 16, Black Panther 2, number 17, Captain America Civil War, number 18, Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special. Yeah, I know I had that higher up. Uh, number 19, Loki, number 20, Iron Man 3, number 21, Avengers Age of Ultron, number 22, Hawkeye, number 23, Ant-Man and the Wasp, 24, Moon Knight, 25, Miss Marvel, 26, Werewolf by Night, 27, WandaVision, 28, Doctor Strange, 29, she, uh, The Incredible Hulk, number 30, Captain Marvel, number 31, Ant-Man, 32, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness, or as Drew affectionately puts it, Doctor Strange Mom, number <laughs> 33, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 34, Black Widow, 35, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, 36 Eternals, 37 What If, 38 The Dark World, 39 Iron Man 2, and sitting at 40, Thor, Love and Thunder. So that's a bad movie. Yeah, I think that if you take anything away from that. If you take it away from from us. Wait, hold on. No Way Home, good. Love and Thunder, bad. (laughs) Oh, that's right, Drew. You didn't do your top 10. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, shit. (laughs) Sorry, but we've been it's talking fun, for like two fun. hours. Yeah, I, I'm so, I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt your list and everything. <laughs> and, uh, Go to your top but, ten. Uh, top ten. Uh, number ten, Black Panther. Number nine, Doctor Strange. Number eight, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Number seven, No Way Home. Number six, Iron Man. Number five, The Avengers. Number four, Guardians 1. Number three, Guardians 2. Two, Endgame. One, Infinity War. 
So I see why you fought so hard for both Guardian movies, and I see why you both fought so hard for Doctor Strange off of your respective lists. So let's go ahead and wrap up, though. Let's talk about what we're working on and where can people find us. Tristan, what you're working on? Where can people find us? As per usual, I'm still cranking out content over at Screen Rant. You want to read about DC's version of uh, Galactus and how he makes Marvel's Galactus look like a punk bitch? Head on over to Screen Rant and find out. And Which after version that, of Galactus are we talking? I'm talking Sun Eater. Ah, yeah. yeah. Right? And after that, you can find me on all the socials. That's Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at BackIssueBenz. You can find me on the socials as Drew Garrison Instagram. I mean, <laughs> Drew Garrison Instagram. Drew Garrison underscore. <laughs> don't do, put Drew Garrison Instagram. I don't know what's going to come up. Uh, but you can also look me up on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, Fanfic World. Uh, apparently, they have um, tag signs now. Uh, I'll have to see what mine is for Fanfic World, but I'll try to have that next time. Uh, but yeah, you can look me up there and see some of my content. I want to thank Tristan and Drew for joining me. I want to thank anyone for listening in and hearing our very convoluted MCU list slash draft. Hopefully it was a little outside the box and it was a little entertaining either way. Again, I do think we should have started with DCEU instead (laughs) just for simplicity purposes. But again, I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, We hope everyone had a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday season, regardless of whatever holiday you celebrate. We are officially going on our vacation from the podcast. When we get back, we will be covering the DCEU, which is just, it's officially dead. It is. It'll live on in our hearts. Kind of, sort of. Uh, (laughs) Kind of, it will. Some things we'll try to forget about. I also gotta love the irony where both the comics and the movie universe are getting a reboot. Hmm. But we will be starting with Batman vs. Superman since we already covered Man of Steel. So if you want to hear our thoughts on Man of Steel, go check out that episode. Spoilers, we really fucking liked it. And we'll it's a good movie! Be, we'll probably be continuing probably to Snyder Cut next, I think. But that's gonna be our episodes when we come back. And until then, again, we're on our mini vacation. Hope you guys have a great vacation, by the way. You too, man. You too. Glad too. you made the right choice and put No Way Home. You know, it's a great way to, I'm sad way to, to go into the new year, you know. <laughs> it's a, it is a great Making way to go into the right new year. goals. And lastly, that's what we want to wish everybody is a happy new year. To happy new year. Just everyone listening. We'll be back on January 16th.